1: Welcome in everybody to the Flagship Podcast interview. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7. And I am happy to be joined today by a guy I started off working with. I think, gosh, we were over on East 11th Street in Austin uh, at a little shop uh, over there. A little radio shop over there now. Ari Temkin is he's uh, host on... Sirius XM Big 12 radio you hear him every morning there you hear him on ESPNU uh, radio on Sirius XM and also a host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network you hear him um, you know pre and post for every Dallas Cowboys uh, radio broadcast as I mentioned the one and only Ari Temkin Ari how you doing man I'm uh, I'm great, Chip. I
0: uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. When you initially asked me to come on, you know, I was like, "Oh, okay, cool, for sure." But like, you know, expecting Taylor to be on. So, um, you know, I'm kind of disappointed that uh, that I'm 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 not doing the interview right now with with her. You know, and with you,
1: it's just just you, I guess. I know. So I know I, know. I get that a lot, Ari. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I uh, appreciate that. It's, uh, it's a great way to start well, off. This interview. You
0: know, um, Taylor. You, uh, we go, we go way back. I mean, it's crazy to me what you and Taylor are doing at 24 seven, all the great folks there at 24 seven. And I mean, I listen to this pod all the time. It's a great podcast. You guys do a fantastic job. So it's just, it's cool. You know, I mean, look at all of us that were at the horn together years and years ago. I feel like so much of it, you know, uh, we've done some really cool things and especially with you and Taylor and Taylor, you know, managing editor now at 24 seven. That's, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it is cool. And it's it's great to to catch up with you because I, I I love it. You're talking to everyone across the Big 12 every morning um, on on Sirius XM radio. And 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 so I'm like, I got to get my man Ari on now that spring football's kind of wrapped up here. Uh, get his thoughts on on the Longhorns and and then, you know, we'll we'll talk a little Cowboys NFL draft that kind of thing, but let me get your let me get your thoughts on Steve Sarkisian as the the head coach and what what you think of uh, how things are going so far.
0: I mean, I would say it's been pretty close to perfect, you know, in terms of what he's gotten in terms of transfers, the the quick returns in recruiting. You know things that are being said about recruits in recruiting. You know, I you know I was watching this offense at Alabama. This is somebody wanted to be a part of. Like this is why you hire Steve Sarkeesian, right? Like you, you hire him because of that, and it's already paying dividends. You know, in such so such a short period of time for him to make the inroads that he's making already. You know, I mean you you have to hit the ground running when you're hired. You know, I mean it's you're you're so far behind in college football anytime you're hired you know, because just especially with the early signing period and, uh, you know, and then you get into spring, I mean, it's just such a, a quick transition. So um, I would say, you know, in terms of the things that we can, you know, I mean, it's hard to gauge, you know, I'm mean, there, they haven't played any football games yet, but obviously I think, you know, everything we've, we've, we've seen, um, you know, and then, and then what you hear, you know, where I think, I think there was this, you know, period where there was this need to be that, you know, the stern fist of, you know, with Charlie Strong and Tom Herman, or Herman is measuring their pee and, you know, like, <laughs> just like this, like, treat us like grownups. Yes. You know, my like, what, what are we?
1: Category was your, if your pee looks like rust, you're a bad guy. You're a bad person. But yeah. What? Oh, yeah. The pee chart. If you're. The pee you know, chart. I mean. Pee is light. Super light. You're, you're a bad. You're person. a champion. You're a champion. Oh yeah, Russ, you're, you're a bad. You're a bad. Yeah, the <laughs> darker it gets, the worse it is. Anyway.
0: No, I mean, so you know, it's like it's refreshing to hear you hear some of the players, and we had the opportunity to, to interview B. John Robinson, you know, a few others, and it's like you know, you can just tell that like it's just a, you know, like like most college football programs, they're they're treating these guys like adults, and not you know, not having to come down hard, but you know, be really you know, because this idea of well, they're They have it so light and it's, you know, it's, it's, there's an entitlement, you know, I mean, you don't, I don't, if that is true. And I still think that's just such a broad brush, but like, you don't come in and just, just be gangbusters. And like, it just, it just seems like that's not the right approach, even though like it's the old school football approach. So it's a long answer, Chip, but I think there's a lot here to, to really love about Sark from the start. Now, you know, it's a start. And as Oklahoma fans will be very quick to point out, we keep, we've always heard that. Okay. Well, we get it. Like, sure. But th- I think this is different. I really do.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. You point out the the fact that Herman came in with the urban Meyer um, model. Right. Right. Everything was a competition and you had to wake up for, uh, for your hydration test in the middle of the night. And you, it, it, on and on, you know, PJ Locke getting cussed out for leaving his water bottle in the in the uh, student lounge or the the football players' lounge at Moncrief and 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 on and on. So, in comes Steve Sarkeesian, who's talking about being, you know, a transparent guy who's who's about relationships and the players seem to be responding and, and we'll see. Cause I I'll say this about Tom Herman, his teams were tough. They played physical, they played close games. They, they never got blown out. I mean, his worst loss was a 17 point loss in year one at TCU. And normally they were even as bad as they played at times, they were within a possession uh, in the, in the second half. So that's a great point let me ask you something. Do you think,
0: and this is, you know, this is just, we're just throwing throwing stuff up against the wall here, or I am. But do you think when you have, I mean, you're right, they, they were physical, always physical, physical football team, no doubt about it. But do you think that that the edge, that it makes people uneasy to a certain degree, and and so in those biggest moments, the biggest games, you sort of don't make plays because of that? Do you think that, like, the fear of screwing up and getting chewed out, is something that sort of, you know, exacerbates his record in close games and how many close games he plays and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's something now uh, to 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 look at and probably time to talk to some former players and see um, with regard to that because there were there were games definitely that got away. I mean, last year they had a they had a ten point lead on Iowa State right. and right. You know, a couple of failed fourth downs later and suddenly they're they're kicking 57 yard field goals to try to force overtime. So, um, yeah, I mean, so from your vantage point and of course you talk to other folks across the Big 12, what what's your sense of the Big 12's view of Texas under Steve Sarkeesian?
0: I, I don't think there's a, you know, a, a true fear yet. And I say yet, because, you know, I, um, I I think Sark is going to be really good. And I was, I wasn't, I, you know, I just, I thought that they could do better. I, I wasn't sure on this second go around with the issues he's had, you know, so I wasn't just enamored with, with the hire, but, but again, I just kind of, open-minded now you you look at at what's transpired since the hire and I just I love what he's doing and what he's done in a short period of time in in terms of the talent business and so like you know this is a big year and they're in the thing is they're in really good position to show off this offense granted the quarterback situation but when you have a, a talent like Robinson at running back I think the the idea of what got what's what's people are saying about coming here now about you know the Alabama style offense you know that fun offense I think it's, it's perfect given the personnel that they have this year to sort of continue to move that forward so I, I I think most around the big 12 think I'll believe it when I see it with Texas and so even in that vein you have people that are you know I mean I, I think Texas right now is third in the conference, but you have a lot of people that will say Oklahoma State and make other claims just because of the idea of we've heard Texas be overhyped and maybe you know third seems ridiculous for an overhype, but Oklahoma's really good this year obviously at Iowa State, is too I mean, you've got two legit national title contenders. so I think like the idea of whoever is third in this conference you know is is top end is really good um you know I, I think that's there's still pe- I mean I would say the majority of the conference doesn't yet it's, it's a believe it it's a wait and see approach and yeah. I, I'd say it's fair. I'd say it's
1: fair. Yeah. yeah I mean um, I've said people should hope for the same arc as Mac Brown you know win, win nine games in year one with a potential Heisman candidate and and then hope you can go up from there. And no, I, I, and and I think chip just
0: to like nine wins in the big, like with the big 12 schedule this year, if you look at some of the rankings for the toughest schedules in America this year, the majority of them are big 12 teams because the conference is so loaded. Part of the reason they were so abysmal in this draft is because a lot of guys are coming back and, and using the extra year. So, yeah, I mean, I, just to echo your point, you know, I mean, like a nine win season this year would be tremendous. I think, again, given
1: sort of the landscape, what they have out of conference. And then of course, how good this conference should be. When you look at the quarterback situation, that's where it all starts, right? Um, What's your, what's your uh, take on Casey Thompson versus Hudson cart? I mean, it, it, it seems like, you know, house
0: money would be on Casey and, you know, I mean, we, we've all heard why, you know, and and it's up. I mean, you you play that well in a big game and it's going to stand out. Um, Plus a guy that's been here that, you know, has, has sat. I think there's also an element of like, he's transferring if he's not the starter. Like I, you know, I don't, I don't know that, but I believe that. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I think that there's a lot on him now. I also think Sark is, completely and utterly willing to okay trans you know like he, i don't think that's going to weigh on his decision and I, it just seems like everything we've heard and even going back to what eleger was saying about hudson card he's the guy with more upside and talent so you know i i i would say house money you know you, you, you're probably on betting on casey but I just – I don't know that the end of the season, Casey Thompson's the starter. I think Hudson Card at some point, if he's not the starter from the beginning, will take this job over and will never give it back.
1: Interesting. Yeah, Sam Ellinger uh, talking about um, how the ball comes out of Hudson Card's hand and he's he's got uh, a great arm. He can touch all, all areas of the field with that arm. Got to throw with a little more touch on, you know – the deep ball, which he airmailed in the in the spring game, and and on some of those zone or throws against zone where you got to kind of arc it over the linebacker and in front of the defensive back. But um, that's why Steve Sarkeesian is making five point two million because this is, you know, that that's the fun part for me is Lincoln Riley elevates quarterbacks and offenses. And Steve Sarkeesian just did that at Alabama with a guy like Mac Jones, who wasn't even expected by his own fan base to, to be the starter, was Bryce Young, the five star freshman. But then Mac Jones, you know, becomes a Heisman finalist, leads his team to the national championship, and ends up being a first round pick in the NFL draft. So I just can't wait to see. Texas and OU go at it with two of the best play callers in, in college football.
0: What do you, I mean, what do you think, Chip? I mean, do you agree? One that Thompson transfers, if he's not the starter and two that,
1: you know, that he will be, or, you know, what do you, what yeah, do you think? I, I think Casey who graduates in may, um, you know, I think Sarkeesian has um, because he's seen it from Casey. And I think Casey is the more vocal guy I think think Casey made a lot of good throws this spring. He obviously had the pick six in the, in the spring game, but heck he made good throws in the spring game up until that point, Uh, converted third and eight where he got flushed and rolled to his right and hit Jordan Whittington for 23 yards in stride. Those kinds of plays took the offense right down the field for a touchdown on the first drive, hits Joshua Moore for a perfect 34 yard touchdown pass. Moore can't hang on to it. I, I think Casey's the starter for game one. And and if it's his job to lose, if he if he keeps playing the way he was playing at the end of last year, then he's the man. If if he struggles and Hudson Card comes in, it could be an interesting situation. But that's that's kind of how I see it right now now they've got all summer and fall camp to go but at this moment that's that's how I see it um let's uh let's talk about the NFL draft for a second did anything um surprise you as, as it pertains to the Longhorns uh Sam Ellinger goes to the Indianapolis Colts uh, late in the draft, uh, Joseph Osai goes to the Cincinnati Bengals in the middle of the draft, Caden Stearns to the Denver Broncos, Taquan Graham to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, anything Anything surprise you or you find interesting?
0: Well, I mean, number one, I mean, the, the Big 12 was just horrendous. It's the first time in the history of the Big 12, which is from 1996, as you know, buddy. Uh, that there was not a single first round draft pick. The first big 12 player to come off the board was Tevin Jenkins, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma state. It's 39 to my Chicago bears. I mean, it, it was Caden Stearns to go is was he a fifth round pick? Like that's mm-hmm. crazy given, you know, I mean, look, you don't hit on every five star, but, um, you know, a lot of these guys are normally picked higher in the draft. Um, I mean, you know, I definitely didn't think Cosme or Osai were going to be first-round picks, but I guess I didn't also put it out of the question, you know, given that we've seen some surprises from the Big 12 in the first round. I mean, Jordan Brooks is a first-round draft pick last year. I don't think many people thought he was a first-round draft pick. LJ Collier the year before that, to the same team nonetheless, so I thought maybe Seattle would take. That Seattle had a first round pick, maybe they would have taken Joseph Osai at the other first round. Because let they've done the last two drafts, taking Big 12 players that were projected as first round picks. Um, but I mean it was just you know, Ellinger gets drafted given, you know, the leadership and just the, the competitiveness and the toughness that that he's shown throughout the course of his career. Um, I mean, we you know, we we know he he just didn't show much in terms of an ability to consistently or even very, very much at all, get the ball down the field, you know, and and he was just a very much an underneath kind of guy who was able to, to, you know, moxie his way down the field with, with, you know, nice throws underneath and, and then runs. So, you know, the fact that he gets drafted the Colts thought that highly of him. you know, I'm, i I think this is a guy that just given that could probably, You know, it'd be great to see him compete for a starter at some point, but it's probably going to be a Colt McCoy lifetime backup. And I'm not comparing the two. Obviously, they're two completely different players. But you know, I mean, Colts made a lot of money sticking around and being a backup quarterback in the NFL. And and I think Ellinger, you know, has that smarts and experience and toughness and competitiveness that he could too. Yeah, I think you're right on that. But let me let me say the biggest thing here, Chip. Don't stay in school, kids. (laughs) Chuba Hubbard was the best running back in the Big 12 a couple of years ago. He was going to be a you know, second, third-round pick. I mean, he, he was drafted behind Kenny Nwangu, who was the backup to Brees Hall at Iowa State. I mean, like, Chuba lost so much money going back to Oklahoma State to play in a pandemic year. It just – don't stay in school, kids. As, sh- as the great Sean Adams used to say, they're not, schools aren't going anywhere. They're going to be there. So get your degree, but go get your money.
1: Yeah, no, it's a a good point. And and on that note, let's uh, let's take a quick break on that uh, don't stay in school message from Ari Temkin. (laughs) Um, But we'll be back with Ari Temkin to get his thoughts on uh, the rest of the Big 12 and the hiring of Chris Beard. We'll do it next right here on the flagship podcast. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky,
0: co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada. When she stopped eating ultra-processed
1: kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Back with Ari Temkin, fresh from his uh, don't stay in school message. Um, Ari, (laughs) you mentioned OU and Iowa State
0: School. Unless you're Chuba Hubbard, you lost a lot of money by not staying, by by not leaving last
1: year. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Important (laughs) caveat. Um, You mentioned OU and Iowa State. As the, the favorites in the Big 12. Who do you like of those two? I mean,
0: I said this last year. I'm not picking. It's like Kansas when they were on their run and then in basketball. Like, I'm just not picking against OU until somebody beats them. Yeah. So, I mean, i love, I mean, Iowa State is loaded. And, you know, I mean, I think Brock Purdy has to have – I mean, he has to be the best quarterback in the Big 12 for them to have a, have a chance. And, look, he's shown in his career to be a really good quarterback. I think last year he had some struggles, and he has had some struggles at times. So, I mean, we know what to expect out of Oklahoma. The thing is their defense is also going to be really good. I think Alex French is going to be a head coach somewhere next year because I just – I think that highly of this defense and, and how much that will have people talk about him as head coach. So, um, I would love to see Iowa state do it. I think, I mean, this is still historic and Matt Campbell is an unbelievable coach and program builder and, and game changer. Um, and it's fantastic that he's going to be sticking around the big 12, you know, and and not taking NFL offers. So, you know, I just,
1: um, I'm, I'm just not going to pick against Oklahoma until somebody beats them. Well, that game is in Norman in late November. And OU's non-conference schedule is, is not much. Um, it's at Tulane, home against Western Carolina, and then Nebraska. Now, Nebraska was, when that game was uh, agreed to, I'm sure Nebraska was a better program than they are now. Um, and Iowa State, of course, plays Iowa. They play Iowa every year as their marquee non-conference game. Uh, They play Northern Iowa, and then they play at UNLV. But uh, on November 20th, those two will will face off in Norman, Oklahoma. And last year, OU had the front-loaded schedule in the Big 12. And this year, it's Texas. Texas has to play uh, TCU on the road right before they play OU. Then they play Oklahoma State the week after OU. So uh, Steve Sarkeesian's going to play. Uh, yeah, yeah. And TCU's been their nemesis. I mean, they're two and seven in their last nine against TCU. That's, that's confounding. I mean, that's got to stop if, if Texas is ever going to be taken seriously as a Big 12 title contender. So uh, Steve Sarkeesian can start to to work on that one. That would be a good thing to do um talking to Ari tempkin you hear him on big 12 uh, radio on Sirius XM ESPNU on Sirius XM radio as well as the the Dallas Cowboys uh, radio broadcast team and Ari let me before we move on to the Cowboys because I, I think Brennan Eagles is going to be a, a free agent signing with with the Cowboys um, but Give me your thoughts on Chris Beard, the hiring of Chris Beard in conference um, as the new basketball coach at Texas.
0: Holy cow. I mean, if Steve Sarkeesian made a depression quickly, uh, wow. My God, he is a fire breathing dragon, and everybody should be very afraid and is afraid, and he's he is really pissing off everybody in the, in the Big 12. <laughs> I mean – yeah, obviously he's pissing off Texas Tech. He's pissing off Kansas because he took our best assistant. <laughs> I mean, he's he's taking recruits away from from. I mean, he's pissing everybody off. So um, you know, I I thought, you know, we have just seen a lot of guys. I mean, I I, I kind of figured he was like the the he was like the Matt Campbell of basketball in this conference. You know, where it's like he he liked being at Tech, but I mean, I kind of as you did, Chip, kind of got the sense you know, two weeks before it happened, a week before. I mean, at, right, after, right after both Tech and, and Tech throughout the tournament that it was going to happen, you know. Um, whereas, like, if you asked me in season, you think, you know, Chris Beard would leave Tech for Texas if Shaka left or if Shaka was fired? I'd be like, I don't think so. But, I mean, like, as soon as, soon as this, both seasons were over, I think it was pretty obvious based on people we talked to that, yeah, it was going to happen and that he just, you know, knew what he could do at Texas and what his ceiling was at Texas versus what it was at Tech which, you know, I mean, obvious and especially with the new arena coming. And so, I mean, he has just the, 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 the transfers, I mean, Timmy Allen, I mean, is going to be just an absolute load. I mean, it's a guy that was, you know, in two years has been all packed 12 twice. He's just a monster last year. He just provides something they haven't really had like Jericho Sims sort of became that, but I mean, my God is this guy, you know, just, good and i mean he's just he's vicious yeah and then i mean he's you know just just the the david Askew a guy that has tons of upside we know i mean alan's a guy that's shown it Askew's a guy that's there's still a lot of unknowns about he's he's obviously a five-star and comes from kentucky and it's big name so there's that but the recruiting um yeah you know, his, from from vanderbilt right right the kid from uh is he from brown
1: rock or yeah flugerville hendrickson
0: flugerville yeah yeah so um, and then recruiting, and, and I mean the thing at Tech that he always did so well was 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 the transfer portal, and that you know he got guys, premier guys, to come there and got the most out of them and turned them into NBA draft picks, and so that you know sort of like we talked about with Sark and the, the recruiting pitch for Alabama, it's very much a part of the consciousness of these guys that are recru- that he's recruiting in, tr- in the transfer portal, and now I mean it's like the perfect timing too, given. The nature of the transfer pool. I mean there's like thousands of kids in there yes. and so you know it, it was just the perfect timing for Chris Beard given you know his his acumen his ability um in the transfer market and and we just know he's going to clean up um recruiting Austin you know um and I mean it's it's a it's a different world now And it's, you know, we we're yet to sort of completely understand the, the machinations and the unintended consequences of what, you know, what this quote unquote free agency is going to look like um, with the one year free transfer. And I'm look, I'm all for it. I'm all for players rights, but you know, there's going to be recruiting that happens when they're coming out of high school. And then there's going to be continual recruiting and in basketball, you know, I think it'll be different in basketball than in football because of the nature of rosters, The you know, one guy can, can, you not get minutes. He thinks you should be getting at one place. And then, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not trying to say the coaches are going to tamper, but coach will tamper and tell them they can get bigger minutes somewhere else. And so, you know, I'm, I'm it's, and this is just obviously a commentary commentary in college basketball as a whole, not on Chris Beard, but right. he's going to recruit Austin. We know that everybody recruits Austin. He's going to, I mean, he's going to recruit, he's going to be able to recruit um, to get kids to Austin from the high school level and, and the transfer market, especially this year. It's just, I honestly think, and and we we still don't even know the situation with Greg Brown and Jericho Sims, right? right? They haven't made a decision yet. So those guys come back. I mean, it's like you almost like with Matt Campbell declare it was like, I mean, not good, but <laughs> like there's not there's there's too many good play, like there's not enough balls. There's they only play with one basketball. Right. So
1: right um, when Matt Coleman I, I, said, "Hey, I'm out," it it's, it's like it's like okay.
0: I wish you were back, but not really. And that's not I'm not, I'm not getting back home. I'm a really good player. They're just. I I I genuinely think they're the front runners for the Big Twelve championship with the moves that they've made. Yeah, considering the rest of the conference.
1: I I agree. I think they're in the mix. I mean, he said we're going to win now, and and I absolutely. I mean, everywhere he's been, even before the transfer portal existed, he at UALR at Arkansas Little Rock, he brought in. Uh, Three transfers took a 14 and 18 team uh, to 30 and five, and knocked off Purdue. um, You know, as a 12 seed, knocked off fifth seeded Purdue, and and then he lands at Texas Tech. And two years in, he's in the Elite Eight. The third year, he's in the national championship game. So, and turned over a roster. Right, he He went to the Elite Eight, and
0: he. he, He lost four of his five main players yep, and went to the national title game. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, I went to Kansas, as you know, Chip, there are very few coaches I would take over Bill Self. And I'm not saying I would take Chris Beard over Bill Self, but I might take Chris Beard over Bill Self.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I heard Kansas fans saying, man, you know, if when Self moves on, and of course now he's got a lifetime contract there, they've, they want they wanted Chris Beard under consideration, and and so I think Texas fans should feel. Um, I've I've said be more patient with Sark than you are with Chris Beard because Chris Beard right, right Beard expects to be, <laughs> you know, he expects to be in that Monday, that Monday night game that he talks about the national championship game sooner rather than later. So uh, it's going to be fun, and with the new arena, I think it's it's a it was a great hire by. Chris Del Conte was the perfect hire, in my opinion. And now uh, we'll see, you know, how he does with it. Because obviously Baylor, uh, the defending national champion, um, unbelievable. And of course, Kim Mulkey just moved on to LSU. So Baylor fans are like, okay, what's going on? What's happening here? But um, they've got that national championship trophy sitting on their mantle. Well, and, and Chip, I mean, Texas Tech is the first
0: non-Kansas Big 12 team to play for a national title. Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Of all the years of the Big 12, there have been Final Four contenders, Final Four teams, but never a national championship team that played in the national title other than Kansas. And it's now happened back-to-back with, with Texas Tech and Baylor. But Chris Beard did that at Texas Tech. What is he going to do at Texas? My God.
1: Yeah. No, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Um, all right. Talking to Ari Temkin, of course, uh, you hear him on uh, big 12 radio on uh, Sirius XM radio and ESPNU. And he's on the Dallas Cowboys radio network doing pregame and postgame uh, for the Cowboys. And Ari, uh, just give me, uh, give me a couple takeaways on the Dallas Cowboys draft? So, I mean, look, I think
0: it, there are rumors and certainly, you know, there's legitimate speculation because of things that Stephen Jones said that they did want to move up for the first round to draft J.C. Horn um, or, or to draft a corner who I believe to be J.C. Horn, because I think he was the best corner in this draft. And I think it, he thought the Cowboys thought he was the best corner in this draft, but that it was too rich for their blood. You know, and I just... You know, I think, I, I I think at times you've got to be, aggra- like, what is that? I mean, did you have to give up a future first? Is that what it's going to take? Um, I mean, like Michael Parsons, I think Cowboys fans are 50-50 on him. And, and you know, even ones that maybe aren't, um, you know, are, are more about, it's not a premium position. So, you know, don't take sort of a, you know, a non-premium position at that spot in the draft. But, I mean, he's six three and runs a four three nine forty. I mean, he's he's very much a modern linebacker, so I I I, I believe Michael Parsons will have a really good NFL career. Um, but if you like J.C. Horton, he's your guy. Go get him. You know, I just this is just such a, they're just not an aggressive team. They hoard their draft picks like they're Gollum. I mean, it's it's just it's it's frustrating because they. You want them to feel the urgency of the fan base, and maybe urgency is not a good tactic. But when you've been you're along with the Detroit Lions and Washington Football Team, the only teams in the NFC that haven't played for an NFC title, and my God, three decades, it's it's you just want to see more urgency. And so, especially at a premium position um, where you, you you know where you you thought you'd be able to pick one of those guys. It's funny because I was thinking going in the draft that you know, go offense, there'll be really good offensive players for you. And one of those guys was Rashawn Slater, who they obviously passed up on. So, you know, I just, I hate for a team to have to settle at 10. And it seems like that's what they did. Um, Beyond that, I mean, they, they, they went very athletic in this draft. Um, You know, they, they took, the third round was interesting because they had three picks and they, they took the, the corner out of Oregon state that, I mean, not a lot of people had scouted. He was very much off the radar. If people had him, they had him graded as a sixth or a seventh. And, you know, this is what the Cowboys are paid to do. Their scouting department, not people that cover it, you know, for year round as people do. But, you know, it, it's sometimes maybe the, the media, um, you know, they think, oh, I never watched this guy. This guy got drafted in the third round. Well, I mean, like, maybe that's on you, you know, <laughs> but – um, uh, Dane Brugler, who I respect the hell out of, he does a fantastic job in covering the draft for the athletic. And he was on um, the, the Cowboys draft show, and he has been in the past. He wasn't on last year, it was a travesty. He's he's awesome. And you know, he was so I'm listening to it live, and he's this guy they drafted. Um, I can't I can't remember his name? It's third round pick out of, out of Oregon State corner. He's like six foot four, yeah. And I mean, he's just an athletic freak. And you know, Dane was like, yeah, he just, it looks weird because he's like towering over receivers. You're just not used to seeing that. <laughs> but I mean, he said he graded him as a seventh, but you know, that, that he would encourage people to watch film and, and do their own research and stuff. But so I, I, you know, I think they had a, they had a weird draft. They went heavy on athletes. They, um, they, they definitely looked at athletic traits. I definitely think they paid attention to positions that they have it to in the past, except for safety. But they they've done a really good job at that that nose tackle. Um, they got the corner they got in the second round should be a really good player. Um, I, I really like I honestly really like their first two picks. And part of this two chip is you just have to look at the history of these guys. And I'm sure there are a lot of Cowboy fans that aren't really high on them as a draft team. But my God, they're really good. Will McClay and his scouting department are consistently good. Um, and the reason that this team is as good as it is, is because of their drafts, because they don't spend money in free agency. And, and not only have they been good, they've been particularly good in the first round. Now they have had some misses and some of those misses have been on defense. You know, Taco Charlton was a huge miss. It was a really bad pick. You could certainly conveniently chalk it up to Rod Marinelli who pounded the table for that guy. You know, Tristan Hill was a second round pick at a UCF who was much better last year, but didn't play his rookie year. Uh, Jalen Smith, you know, he's been productive and played a lot of snaps. Second round pick, probably not what you want in terms of talent. Second round, considering what was on the board. So, you know, they have missed on defense, but overall, they consistently hit in the first round on guys. And and so I I, I think you sort of have to, you know, if you root for a team that's bad in the draft, you have a right to, you know, if they draft a guy that's great as a seventh round pick <laughs> – in the third round, you have a right to be upset, but with this team, they seem to hit and they have very much zeroed in on where their flaws were last year in the draft. And the thing is, Chip, if this team stays healthy on offense, they just need to not be horrible on defense. You know, they don't need to be great on defense. They don't even need to be good on defense. They just not—they need to be average or not the worst scoring defense in the history of the Cowboys. Bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um Kelvin Joseph, the cornerback from Kentucky, and then I can't even pronounce the UCLA defensive tackles name. Oh, best
0: name, best name in the world. Osa, say it with me.
1: Odigazua. Odigizua. Osa
0: Odigizua. 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 Oh, so Odigizua.
1: Oh yeah. And then uh <laughs> Chauncey Golston, the defensive end from Iowa in the third round. Nation Wright, the 6'4 corner from Oregon State. That uh your man. Uh, Dane Brugler had as a seventh-round pick. And then Jabril Cox, the linebacker from LSU, uh, via – is he the kid who came over from North Dakota State? Anyway, he went in the fourth round, and then they ended up with a corner from South Carolina, just not J.C. Horn, Israel – Mukuamu. ay ay So <laughs> say that fast. Even well, let's say. Now
0: say the Stanford. Now say the Stanford receivers' name.
1: Oh yeah, me Fihoko. Nice. Hello, <laughs> Brad Sham. Get your, uh, get your get your pronouncer key going. Um, Ari, great stuff, my man. Uh, and Brendan Eagles. I don't know how long he'll last, but, um, so you know, the thing about, think about guys like that. And, and,
0: you know, this becomes a point towards the end of the draft, especially when it comes to guys that were at the the senior bowl, but you got to be able to play on special Like if Brennan Eagles is going to make a team, I don't know if it will be the Cowboys or where it is. He's got to play special teams and be yeah. good on special teams. Yep. You know, and that's what you have to like, a lot of these guys don't get it, you know, where it's like, they, they, and I'm not saying this is Brent Eagles. I'm just saying there are a lot of guys in college football that do this where it's like they, they just think they're stars and it's like they're not willing to get their noses dirty. And it's like a lot of guys make a lot of money doing that
1: over, you know, over the course of a good NFL career. No doubt. And if he's not ready for that, he won't he won't make it past the uh, first weekend of rookie uh, uh, OTA. So um, Ari, great stuff, man. Uh, tell everyone where where they can can find you and um, you know what you got going this week yeah no check out you know SiriusXM
0: subscribe to SiriusXM uh, you can check out Big 12 Radio uh, channel 375 or ESPNU you can hear me there on channel 84 and you know I say this and I'll say this about 24-7 you know support companies and businesses that support good content and care about good content which I believe 24-7 absolutely does and and you know, find folks over there. I, 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 as I said, listen to your podcast a lot. i check checked a lot. You know, I, I have a subscription to the 24 seven everywhere. And I I'm constantly reading all of this, you know, great stuff that you put out and everybody puts out across the 24 seven family and, and series 67, I feel it's the same way. And you know, they care about content. It's a world in which less companies care about good content. So support the folks that care about good content.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, there he is, Ari Temkin. And, uh, uh, Ari, thanks so much. And for Ari Temkin, I am Chip Brown of Horns 24 7. And until next time, right here on the Flagship Podcast, everybody stay safe and keep the faith. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson earbite, cycling has Lance Armstrong, baseball has its steroid era, curling has. Broomgate.